0: This one's a pretty cool episode. It went by really fast. It went by really, really fast. This is a fourth dimension. Yeah, stay tuned. There's two blings at the end. There is. Listen for it. Listen for it. You'll hear it. But it's cool. This one's fun. I can talk about animals all day. I started off talking about my dad, and we started going into that, and just different memories for Father's Day. But um, yeah, we just have to listen to it. But this is really kind of an interesting episode, because it went by so fast. I can talk about certain issues for a while, um, anyway, just yeah, be good to each other is this are we are you mine fine feathered friends well well, well, what look what the cat dragged in on the spectacular father's Day weekend we've been doing some role playing we've been doing some We've been doing some sci-fi fantasy. We did Ray Bradbury. We've been doing, like, just fun joking stuff. Yesterday, we were recording, and the kids were screaming. They were losing their freaking minds. It, it was like Father's Day for everyone outside. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to just kind of have a... I'm going to relax. I'm going to get myself comfortable. Um, I'm just looking at something a little bit more comfortable. And if you don't mind, I've I. I drank all the, I drank all the beer. Couple of housekeeping issues. We're gonna go to the store, we're gonna get some milk and beer, and after we do this whole show, I've got some ideas, I've got some ideas. This is a heavily scripted, heavily rehearsed show, you all know that. I took a little nap, <clears throat> I've been kind of worn out. Uh, it's very windy outside, I wake up to storm, stormy weather and I see a bad moon rising. I see trouble on the way. Should I go out tonight? Is it bound to take my life? I don't know. Probably some people that I was doing a little research about tow truck companies and uh it seems like they can get once they're infiltrated, they could be taken over for a good decade, so I don't, I don't know. And I've explained a lot with all this weird shit happening. Um, we're gonna do a little bit of a show here. It's Totally rehearsed and totally scripted. I've gone over it a few times, and I think, I've got, I think I've got it down. I think I've memorized it. Mostly, mostly, yep. We're gonna do a little bling Father's Day special, and this is a real one. This isn't a made-up one. This is not like Ogden, Utah Father's Day special. That, that one's real, too. That one's real, too. This is gonna be real, as well. It's, what I decided was, we're gonna go in chronological order from the beginning of things that I've done to where my dad was probably like, damn it, I should've never had kids. To, so, we're, those are my decisions, and then we're going to start with the most recent decisions by my dad, which should be pretty easy because there's going to be a pretty big gap in there like a couple decades. We'll meet in the middle. I'm 100 years old, so we'll start around, but we'll, we'll start way back when in 1922 when I was born, and then we'll go up, meet in the middle. Yeah. Uh, what, 1972? We'll stop there. Okay. Uh, any housekeep, other housekeeping issues? <clears throat> what was that? House keying issues. Yeah, we're going to go key houses. Keying houses is when you. We're gonna go to the store. We need to buy some milk. I'm kind of thirsty. We need to buy some beer because I'm kind of thirsty. I need to get some coffee. Probably we're gonna go back to Dunkin'. I think. Maybe. We'll see what the prices are. We'll see what's on sale. I haven't had Dunkin' for a while, and we sold our amp yesterday, so. It only kind of makes sense. We should, you know, splurge. Enjoy these last couple days with a roof over our head. But I've said it before, it's all the same sky, air, and earth. And whether it's a tent, or whether it's an actual physical roof, whether you're chained to a freaking mortgage for the rest of your life and you have no freedom to go anywhere, it doesn't matter. You know, whether you're homeless and have all the freedoms in the world and you've been basically... (laughs) brainwashed into believing like this society is bad for you you don't want to, you don't want to have any freedom to do whatever you want you want to have the real freedom of working every day uh, having to pay bills every day How long is that 30 year mortgage for 30 years well. I, yeah that's a pretty big commitment if you're ready to stay in one place for 30 years me personally I can't afford that <laughs> so I'm gonna do I'm going uh, do a real thing with real freedoms that I I can't afford it, everyone's doing it now it's totally popular oh all the rich people are doing it all the freaking richest people in the world are doing it there's a there's been a cultural misconception with life and even the rich people had it wrong I really wish I had not consumed all the beer, because this would be a good time to... Well, I guess we'll just jump in. Oh no, they're not outside, are they? Perfect timing. Well, hey, it's Father's Day, so it's Father's Day special, let's go. Would you like a 30-year fixed mortgage or a zero-year no mortgage? Uh, Zero-year no mortgage, is that cool? (laughs) Nope. Cast them out cast him away well if you think about it before we go into it let's just let's talk let's do a little bling talk let's do a little bling Saturday special great it's like they know it's like they know when I'm starting these things I don't get it, it, it it's I try to embrace it I try to like okay well what if what if we fool ourselves into believing that their screams enhance our own audio and then we go closer to the window, we'll rearrange everything, we we'll get the mics closer to the window, that way we can get that screaming like in high definition. I take a nap, I had a lot on my mind, I try to get things back into neutral, hey whatever. It's windy outside, it's windy and stormy, there's like dust and sticks and debris they're still outside just screaming away. It's what they do. I think I've been a little bit sarcastic lately, and I've been having fun with this podcast lately. But I just want to remind everyone, just like Bob Barker did to get your pets spayed or neutered, don't freaking have more kids than you can take care of, okay? And if your kids are disrupting things because you've had too many, stop having kids. But the ones that are disrupting things, like really dis- disrupting stuff not keeping the peace we will just say that let's spend a little bit more time with that child let's focus on that child instead of brushing it to the side for the rest of society to take care of and hear about let's just kind of baby it, if you will and help it not scream all the time However, however you accomplish that, please, please, for the love of God, just think of others for a second. Consider other people and what they're going through and what those screams might be doing to their top-rated Utah's number one podcast. All right. You guys ready to go? There are no housekeeping issues. We're just going to have milk, beer, some other stuff, maybe some... Yeah, with some chocolate wafers. Those are good too. All right, chronicle chronological order and chronicles, starting with my youngest memories with me making bad decisions to latest memories with my dad, also probably still making bad decisions towards me. As you all know, the last episode, of Ray Bradbury Mystery Theater. I I I. This is true. I did have a little bit of a reconnection with my dad. He would... He's remarried. In his old age here. I and mean, he's a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. both We both have gray hair. It's pretty cool. I'm the only one. Whoops, I'm the only one, too. Oh, everyone... My older brothers, my brothers, all of my brothers from New Jersey... They yeah. have lush, full heads of, like, dark, flowing, dark hair. No gray at all. And they're older than I am. Me, I have like shaggy, frizzy. I look like um, Doc from Back to the Future. My dad also has, not like Back to the Future, but my, my dad actually looks presentable. I look like a nut. But it's cool, it's cool. He, we have, I, I'm his son. That's, it's proof. we don't need to, we don't need to go on Murray, Maury. <laughs> we don't need to get a DNA test. Look at his hair, look at my hair. case closed. Then someone would stand up and say, but look at your face and look at his face. Shut up. You don't know me. You don't know me. Shut up. Sit down. You don't know me. Wow, we cruised right through that first segment. Oh, that's chirping. All right. Well, so I can remember when I was, the, the, one of the first memories I think that I had where my dad was probably like, this one's going to, this is going to suck. I probably should have stayed in New Jersey and kept it in New Jersey. We're in Arizona. It was in Tempe, Arizona. We're fishing. It was a place called Kiwanis, Kiwanis Park. Don't ask me how I still remember that 100 years later. This must have taken place in 1925, I think, in 1926. Um, just right on the cusp of World War One. We're all fishing, we're all having a good time, and I'm messing around on the chain along the dock there. I'm just messing around, you know, being irresponsible, being a kid, and there was a biplane flying overhead, the Wright brothers, it was, uh, they're just learning how to, at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Yeah, so like, there's all this old stuff happening, and someone was winding up their car to start it. Someone's driving by in the distance and it's going Roonga! Roonga! <clears throat> alright, alright, I'll stop. So I'm messing around on these chains, on this dock, swinging around on them. And then, next thing I know, like, I'm underwater. And it's dark, there's bubbles everywhere. I still remember it, I'm serious. I was like three years old. And I I wasn't panicking, I was not panicking. I just remember being underwater and I was like, damn, I think I fell in the water. I was like, I fell in the water, didn't I? I don't know how long I was underwater. Could have been a long time, would explain a lot. Could have been a short time. I don't know. There was no CPR though. There was no CPR performed that day. Well, I was underwater and then I was just yanked straight up into the air, like, almost like it was a pneumatic device. It was a, like a hydraulic, just something that's like so strong and powerful. Boom, up in the air, back on the dock. Dad's laughing. Brothers are laughing. I'm crying. It's like, wow, you almost drowned there. So that was probably the first time where my dad's like, yeah, this might not be, yeah, he's gonna be, There's gonna be some problems. Okay, so that's that in 1926, just recently with all the shit that's happened. I was able to reconnect with my dad. Usually there's my stepmom there who's answering the phone or answering the texts or something. But this time it was my dad, no questions asked, came through, it was, it was cool. It made me realize that my dad is always there for me, always. I can be in some pretty hot water and he won't be there for me <laughs> because he wants me to learn. When I get into like boiling water where if you're a frog, he's like, that frog doesn't realize it's boiling. Like, okay, I'll help him, I'll help him. But when, if it's hot, and I'm like, hey, dad, he's just like, yeah, go, go be irresponsible somewhere else. So he still regrets it to this day, having kids. And so, so that happened when I was three-ish. What was what was the next thing that happened after that? Um, let's see, it must have been 1930, so World War One, right there. I don't know if I can go in complete chronological order cause I'm just gonna go over like the, the experiences that kind of come to mind as a child. So I don't know if I'm three, five, you know, whatever age. I do remember being in Boy Scouts and this is in Arizona still. And we were at this like, like proving ground or some old military based area. Yeah, so I must've been like 11 I think or something, 10 or 11. We're at this military base somewhere out in in the desert and we were, as scouts, we were just collecting all of these old, like, like brass, like brass shells from, from bullets. There were a lot. You could go, you're just walking around and these kids would have their shirts open or like shirts, like baskets, like the front of their shirt, they'd hold it. Out And then everyone else would put these old bullet shells in their shirts. And there's not just one kid doing it with a big, like, shirt full of bullets, shells. There's, like, every kid who was doing it. There were so many of these, like, shells. Probably wasn't the safest place to have a bunch of scouts. But no one stepped on a landmine. But I remember we were going on this early morning hike with, with all the dads and some other, you know, all the scouts and stuff. One of the dads was like really into the Korean War and everything that we saw or found, he would have to have a huge long explanation about it. But I do remember his explanation for, this was, this was not my dad. I don't even know if my dad was there. <laughs> I do remember this long explanation about this canister that we found and the dad was telling us it's, this will launch up in the air, and then it will ignite and burst open. A parachute will come out, and it will slowly descend back to the Earth. And it'll be so bright, the rest of the soldiers can see where they're going and who they're shooting at. Consequently, it also gives the enemy light as well. But if you need light, if you need to see where you're going, that's what these do. And this canister would burn bright with different chemicals and sulfur. So you could see far away for a brief moment and then it hits the ground and that's where we have it here. I was like, hey Danny, your dad just made a, like, a story and everyone bought it. And he's like, it's true. I was like, they, okay, they launch a thing and the, and it's a parachute and it burns. Okay, Danny, okay. It turns out, yeah, it's totally true. That's what they would do. So I was wrong. Same scouting trip, aside from collecting bullets that were shells, there's no actual bullets, they weren't live bullets. There was, We found zero live bullets, we didn't find one, and there was no anything, no grenades, nothing like that. All the kids were also catching horny toads, or you, I guess what's... I can say horny toad and not get weird about it, until I kind of think about it, I was like, okay, if that's the first time you've ever heard it, you'd be like, what? Horny toad, <laughs> 69. So horned lizard, how about that? Everyone was catching them, and I always freaking wanted to catch one, and I never even saw one. The only ones that I saw were running off in the distance. Like, was that it? Was that one? I don't. Could I, is that one? And then also like, what the other kids had, they had caught them. But I loved the way horny toads looked. And I loved like their methods of defense. They can some of them. They can much like a lizard's tail can fall off and detach as a deterrent. It'll distract a predator. Its tail will fall off. Its nerves go crazy, making its tail wiggle. The lizard will try and run off to safety while whatever predator is, like, nipping at its tail because it's moving around. The tail purposely detaches. That, that's a defense mechanism. So horned lizards can, like, squirt blood out of their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If you can imagine, like, trying to eat something or trying to, like, attack something, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh that's, that's sick. This thing is sick, don't eat that. It's got blood, no, it's already dead. Like, it's already sick. It, don't eat, spit it out, spit it out. It sounds gross, but like, really that's, <laughs> it's pretty gross, but they can do that. I'm not sure if they can all do that. There's various, there's many different types of species of horned lizard. And it, although they might be called, <clears throat> excuse me, although they might be called a horny toad, they're not actually toads, they're all reptile lizards. Some of them are smaller. Some of them get bigger. I'm not sure what the species was. Probably just, uh, southwestern horn uh, lizard is probably what it's called. But I wanted to catch one so bad, and I couldn't. I couldn't even find one. And I'm a pretty good lizard catcher. We had a fence back home in Arizona. It was a wooden fence. And we would have fence lizards that were... If you caught them, there's male and female species. The males will be brightly colored underneath. You'd have really like, beautiful bright bluish... Uh, turquoise colored on their abdomen and, and bellies, sometimes there'd be a little bit of orange or even red on their uh, underneath their chin. I don't know what that's called but just below their chin there'd be some coloration there and it would get brighter or different coloration depending on the season and whether or not there's other like there's mating happening or competition. Some of them would get really big and really fast the way that I could catch the ones on the fence was you could get a super soaker. Back in the 1950s, we, we wouldn't call them super soakers. We are just called buckets of water. And you could get a super soaker and spray these things. I found that a super soaker 100 worked the best. We had a 50, 100, and a 200. The 200 had a backpack. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit, you in know, the front part, you could, like, swivel it. It was a heavy-duty weapon, the Super Soaker 200. There was a freaking backpack. It was, it was overkill. I found that the Super Soaker 100 was the best, to, to you could spray the lizards. Lizards are ectothermic animals, so they receive their warmth from uh, exterior things, like the sun. Um, and so when their body temperature is lowered, when you spray them with water, they become sluggish, they become slower, you can catch them easier. A lot of lizards are robust. Um, if you do ever catch a lizard using that method, just be careful with it, don't abuse it, just admire it. They're really pretty animals. If you gently, very, very gently, kind of pet the top of their head, they'll kind of close their eyes and move up. Um, it, it might be because it feels good to them. It, it, it looks like it does feel good to them. Lizards have also what's called a third eye, the, the, the reptilian brain. It's, it's right in the middle. Humans have them too. It's called the pineal gland. Some people think that that's where, uh, DMT is produced and stuff. Go listen to Joe Rogan podcast. I'll tell you all about it, but, um, it's interesting. It's interesting when, so that, that third eye, that reptilian brain in the middle, I'm not sure how accurate this is. So just uh, consider this opinion, but in my opinion, I think that once you dispatch a lizard or a reptile, but mostly we're talking about lizards here. So let's just say lizard when you dispatch a lizard and say you, uh, like we to shoot it with a BB gun and it went straight to its body, uh, got all of its vital organs and basically made the lizard die instantly, right? No pain or anything. The reason why it's still kind of freaking out and, and, and able to, to run off is because I, in my opinion, I think that there's still some thinking going on. There's still some like reflexive, like nerve firings happening. So although the lizard might be physically dead, there's still this like dinosaur archaic, uh, electricity still kind of going through it. That's just has kept it alive for as long as it's been alive, or for as long as its species has been around for, which is like, you know, dinosaurs. It's really pretty cool um, to think of it that way, because n- not every time it's going to be a kill shot. If you're, say, hunting iguanas in Florida, which are invasive species, something I always want to, want to do. Uh, if, you, if you see some of those videos, which are graphic, so kids, don't go watch them with your dad. They're very graphic. But it's life. It's they're just they're they're animals. Um, you can see this lizard is pretty much dead, right? When the pellet hits it, and some of those hunters are marksmen, absolute marksmen. It's incredible. But these iguanas will still. You can see them jump into the water. You can still see them doing their swimming motion, even though the rest of their body's dead. It's just this reflex, still firing. And if that hadn't been a kill shot, if those marksmen weren't expert marksmen, then that lizard would absolutely survive and be just fine. So that's, it's kind of cool. But if you catch a fence lizard, be gentle with it and just pet its head gentle and it'll close its eyes and kind of, it'll be into it. If there's no markings underneath, it's probably female if it's a little bit smaller too. But in Mesa, I'd never seen a, a horned lizard ever I don't know where they were. Uh, we would go to the Salt River and go fishing, and I never saw them there either. But everyone was catching them at this base, this old army base. All the other kids, even the, even the ones I didn't like. The cool ones. Well, we ended up going to this, like, jamboree thing, and we were practicing our chant, at something, our, our cheer, and I think I was going back for some water. We're taking a break. We had a few minutes to just relax before our you know, meeting. And there was a lot of scouts there. There was a ton of them, thousands probably, thousands. And my dad's like, bling, hey, bling. And it was weird, because my dad only gets like that every so often. And he's like, bling, psst, psst, hey, psst, psst. I was like, what, my dad? Dad, are you talking to me? Dad, are you paying attention to me? What, what's going on? And he's like, come here, come here. And he's got his hands kind of clasped together, like kind of making a ball. But I couldn't see what's in his hands. I was like, yeah, what's he? Doing? like, what? How what, much you got there, Dad? And he like just slowly opens his hands so I could peek inside. And my dad caught a freaking horny toad. My dad did. I can't catch him. I can't even see him. And there's my dad over here. He's like, hey, you want? You want you always said you wanted a horny toad, right? I was like, holy shit, Dad. Like, where'd you get that? Like, what? He's like, you wanna hold it? I'm just like, dad, like, oh my god, like, dude, I was so excited. It was the coolest thing. It was so freaking awesome, man. I don't even think I told the other scouts. I don't even think I told the other scouts. Dude, I was all gentle with it. And I forget where I kept it. I think I just like had my dad watch it when we were doing the cheer thing, but I, I was just spending the whole day with that morning toad man the whole rest of the day. I don't even think I told anyone. I was just like, I'm keeping this myself. No one else is holding it. They don't know how. <laughs> yes, that, I was still young and I was like, I know everything about animals. They don't know how to hold it properly. It never did shoot blood out of its eyes. I think that's sort of a last ditch effort to when it's like really in trouble. And I was gently, I was pretty gentle with it. This probably wasn't the best idea and I would not recommend doing this. I actually kind of regret it. Um, I was a kid. And kids do things that they think is smart or right or something. But um, I took it back home to Mesa and it wasn't too far. I mean, it's not like I was taking an invasive species from one place to the other. It was not that far, but I regret doing it because I took it out of where its habitat was and brought it back to, you know, just for my own selfish reasons. And I don't think that's right. If I could go back in time and talk to myself, I don't think I'd listen to myself. I mean, we're all gonna make mistakes as kids, but that's what I did. I was back in Mesa and I kept it for a few days and I started to feel bad because it wasn't fair for the lizard to be trapped in this cage and sort of kidnapped away from its home. There's no, I can't drive, so we're not gonna drive all the way back and release it. Uh, so I went out in the alley and, you know, I was petting it and said my goodbyes and let it run free. And it took off. It took off. The, th- the thing that's so sad about it is I doubt it found a mate there. And so it probably lived out the rest of its life, eating bugs, eating ants. They love ants, they love to eat ants. But it probably didn't find a mate and died alone, like yours truly. All right, so we're going over. So my dad's next. Well, that kind of counts as both, doesn't it? Cause my dad did something and I did something that's both of like a memory on both sides. Okay. Let's do that. So back to me then my dad bought me my first microphone. My dad bought me my first skateboard. He bought me my first microphone. Um, yeah, my dad bought me my first skateboard when I was uh, 13 years old. So this must've been 1935. <laughs> and it was a Powell skateboard, independent trucks. I'm not sure, I forget which wheels and bearings. I think it's Lucky Bearings and probably just Powell wheels. But it was was cool when my dad bought me my first skateboard and I got really into it. And it was for my birthday, I'm pretty sure. Uh, He would do that sometimes. Sometimes you'd have to whine and whine and whine and he'd never give in. And other times he'd just surprise you with something. Like he would just have a freaking lizard in his hands. Uh, He's really good at that. He's really good at that. So like with the microphone, same thing. Uh, I was about 20 so we're looking at 1942 and I was like dad I think I'm gonna start a band and I got a drummer and we're gonna I'm gonna be the singer and we're gonna start a band the thing is we need a microphone I need a microphone stand they're $50 and dad's like yeah we're gonna get it from it's like a guitar center or maybe online, musician's friend or something, but uh, I have the guitar, I have the amp, he's got the drums, I need a microphone, and a microphone stand. And he's like, all right, I'll get it for you. Really, Dad? Really? And so he got me that, and that's, hey, we're still doing it, we're still talking into that mic right now, same mic. <laughs> No, it's not the same mic. This is much nicer. My dad wouldn't give no. My dad was a cheapskate. He was gonna buy this expensive mic, but he he would do that sometimes. Just no questions asked. Just like recently, when I was like, "Dad, I need help." It's just nothing. There's no what happened to this. What? Oh, okay. Now you're gonna be the lead singer of a band. Okay, professional skateboarder. Now lead singer of a band. Yeah. Okay. He wasn't like that. He was like, "Okay, I'll get you the microphone." two blings there were two blings we're going we're going into the fourth dimension on for father's day a real father's day special um i got a couple more and then i gotta go hit the dusty trail get some milk i'm very thirsty i need some milk and some water and beer in that order and then coffee maybe possibly actually yeah hang on one thing i wanted to mention that i was just having second thoughts about was Hey Bling, are you a vegetarian? Don't you love animals? Why are you talking about shooting iguanas in Florida? You always wanted to do that, or still want to do that. looks like someone... Guys, I know there's a bunch of children listening and I never saw a note from their parents, so they're listening without their parents' permission and that's not acceptable, so turn it off. But for those of you that are gonna be irresponsible not listen to your parents and continue to listen to this podcast, which is a bad influence the reason why I want to go to, uh, to go to iguana to hunt Florida, the reason why I want to go, go to Florida to hunt iguanas is because there, there are very many iguanas. There are, a, there are a lot there. They are an invasive species in Florida. They got there, they were introduced there in the, the middle of the 1900s. Yeah, it's like 70 years ago. And that's because there was this, uh, explosion of exotic pets. So you had iguanas from central and South America being sold and yeah, admired, I guess, in glass cages, glass aquariums. But when they got too big or if they got loose or if the owner just didn't want to take care of them anymore, kind of thoughtlessly, they would release them back into the wild thinking it's fine. It's no big deal know oh, it's, it's a lizard and who cares but over the course of seventy years that entire ecosystem has changed due to the invasive species the the uh, i guess you could call it irresponsible introduction of of the species over seven just seventy years it it changed the entire landscape of parts of Florida and it, it changed entire ecosystems of animals that compete for uh, different, various food sources and things. When that happens in in such a, a fast... These animals have been, in Florida, these animals have been living just fine, doing their thing for thousands, millions of years. And then over the course of 70 years, not even 100 years, 70 years, their entire habitat, their entire world as they knew it, has been Either change. Sometimes, other animals will benefit from maybe the holes that all the iguanas dig to lay their eggs and live. And it's a pretty bad problem when it, the iguanas are veg- vegetarian. So they're eating the vegetation. They're digging holes. It turns into a pretty big problem because this vegetation it it it's used to. Well, like, when there's so much consumption of it in, in waterways, it, it just disrupts the habitat. Because now the vegetation's gone. Certain fish can't hide in this vegetation that they've been hiding for generation after generation. And they get exposed. And the competition for food, the predators, they're, they're more easily seen by predators, all because this is just eating seaweed, doesn't know any better, just doing, living its life. Because it was introduced illegally. But back then, there wasn't much thought given to it. I don't think anyone really would think, "Well, release a couple lizards; it's not going to be that big of a deal. A couple iguanas aren't going. It's not going. It's not the end of the world." For some animals, it it kind of is. Excuse me. We talked about the passenger pigeon and how, uh, like, how did it go extinct, and what? Probably many factors. But I talked about shock uh, going through. I mentioned climate change. and I know everyone like, oh, okay, he's one of those. Turn, turn it off. But really, <clears throat> like climate change, your climate can change around you. If there's no seaweed, it might be, make the water a little bit warmer or whatever. There, there's certain disruptions that happen so fast that if you're a social animal and you need cover, you need the seaweed for cover to hide or to hunt. And it's just not there anymore, and you're exposed. That's how these things happen. That's how animals go extinct. That's how these disruptions happen. So when I talk about really wanting to go to Florida to shoot some iguanas, it's not just to kill them and uh, I don't know. It's it's not like that. I I would like to 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 eat to eat taste to see what they taste like. Everyone says they taste like chicken, but if you Use enough oil and enough spices, you can make it taste like anything you want. So uh, I, I, would, I really do want to go there and shoot some iguanas because I think like, that's, I could do my part to help bring the ecosystem back to where the equilibrium that it's been for so long in Florida without these iguanas. And I think if it's possible to, for man to make the passenger pigeon extinct, uh, the Tasmanian tiger, the dodo bird. If it's possible to hunt buffaloes to the point of extinction, then it should be possible to take care of these iguanas using like air guns and stuff. Using poison, that's no good. I wouldn't do that. It, it makes things worse, I would, I would imagine. When you use poison, there's a food chain. So things that would Scavengers that would eat these dead iguanas that died from poison. Now they're gonna eat that poison and then they're gonna die. That's what happens with um, some of these endangered species. Uh, the California condor, for one. It's a scavenger. It's like a vulture, right? It's a giant, giant bird. It's a beautiful, freaking bird. It's absolutely gorgeous. The California condor. There's only so many of them left. A handful. Quite literally, I start crying now. Here we go. There's quite literally only like a handful of California condors left. When farmers, when people shoot coyotes, some some areas have tons of coyotes. It's encouraged to shoot these coyotes, but when that happens, and those lead pellets, the lead bullets. The condor will eat the coyote, the dead coyote, and it will also eat that lead, and it will die. For nothing, just for nothing. And it's it sucks. So that's why you can't use poison. That's why you can't do it that way. Some of you might say, lead bullets, lead pellets, that's fine. <laughs> There's no California condors flying around. Uh, Florida is a very, very diverse area of many species. I think if you're a good enough marksman, you can use a very minimal amount of pellets. And the majority of times, all of the iguanas are recovered, and there's no predators eating these pellets. Lead exists in the world. It's it's not just in bullets. It's not just man-made. So, anyway, there's that. All right, all right, I guess it's time to head out then, huh? Well, I hope everyone is having a good weekend. I hope those of you, (laughs) you know who you are. That's right. Better be careful. Tell your dad you love him. Be good kids. Stop screaming outside. Jeez, please stop screaming outside. And everyone, that's making bad decisions right now? You know who you are? You know who you are. You you who got caught? Who I'm making fun of all the time now? Stop. Knock it off. Thanks so much for listening, you guys are the coolest. Good luck, take care. Yeah, there's no two blings on this one, but... No, I was in Vegas and I was like, yeah, this was at the height of my responsibility. Well, I'd say now is probably the height of my responsibility, but when I was in Vegas, I mean, this isn't the height of my response. No, it isn't. No, Vegas was probably, so this is years ago though. I was like, hey, dad. Hey, dad, I need some money. And he was like, nope. <laughs> Come on. I know where you are. You're in Vegas. I was like, all right, I'll leave in the morning, please. All right. Yeah, you hope you yeah, It was fun. It was cool.